Welcome to the Under 8 Podcast, a daily college basketball show brought to you every weekday in under eight minutes. At the time of recording, it is Thursday, January 18th, 9.36 p.m. My name is Josh Mullnex. On today's pod, Memphis Tigers, they stumble. Michigan State survives at home against Minnesota and a top five team on the women's side loses in conference play. It's all right now on the Under 8 Podcast. Josh Doring is here with me, Josh. Michigan State, despite Minnesota shooting 7 or 20 from the three-point line, turning it over 19 times, 42% from the field. Michigan State felt like it needed all 40 minutes to beat Minnesota 76 to 66 at the Breslin Center. But nonetheless, the Spartans moved to 11 and 7 on the year, 3 and 4 in Big Ten play. It was hard to comprehend how this game was as close as it was because the final score doesn't really do it justice. I mean, the answer was that Minnesota hit some threes and Michigan State hit three total. Sure. Sure. But points in the paint, it was 44 to 12. 44 to 12. Hmm. Tyson Walker was really good, especially at the end, and that's kind of when the game finally turned to Michigan State, put Minnesota away. Malik Hall, really good. Fifth time in six games, 14 plus points. There just wasn't anything specific to point to about this is this is where Michigan State is going wrong, other than they weren't great defensively. But give credit to to Minnesota, just kept making plays and finding a way to hang in a game they really had no business being in. But ultimately, Tyson Walker kind of seals the deal, and that's a game Michigan State has to have, and they got it. Yeah, you can't be you can't be doing this losing. You really can't be doing the whole losing at the Breslin Center thing. Period. Uh, if you want to put together a resume that gets you any sort of a desirable seat at this point, at the very least, when someone comes into your building, uh, walk away with a victory. Like you mentioned, Tyson Walker, twenty-one points of his own. Malik Hall, sixteen and twelve on six of twelve shooting. Those were the. Uh, those were the, the centerpieces for Michigan State on this particular night. And uh, Malik Hall on a pretty good stretch for himself individually. Yeah. They've needed somebody else. We've been talking about this all season. And he is starting to become that guy. And if you look at the numbers, it's not shocking that they're a much better basketball team from a record standpoint when he scores in double figures and gets to chip in in a meaningful way. It's not like you can take, first of all, we've learned this season, don't take anything from any Michigan State game, basically, from an individual basis, because there hasn't been some kind of massive change coming off of that Baylor game. They they were the better team. It shouldn't have been as difficult as it was. Tom Izzo was very angry at times. I haven't seen him that worked up in a little while. Granted, I don't watch every minute of every Michigan State game, but he got very, very irritated. I think he was yelling at Trey Holloman about being something regarding being selfish at one point if I was reading his lips. Mm. It wasn't a great day overall where you feel great about what they did, but they got the win. There were some positive things to take away from it. Now the question is, can you put together 
multiple conference wins in a row? Can you win four of five, you know, six of eight, something like that? Get yourself back over 500 to conference play because then you feel much, much better with the difficult non-conference schedule they play. Maryland, Wisconsin, Michigan, Maryland, Minnesota is the next five for Michigan. Gotta State. capitalize. There are there are worse five game stretches. Oh, absolutely. They really, I mean, and granted, maybe the Big Ten just isn't isn't as sharp as it is in some years. But there's, I mean, they only play Purdue once. It's not until March. Um, after that five game stretch I just mentioned, it's Illinois, Penn State, Michigan, Iowa. Um, so, you know, I mean, there's a path for there to be a pretty nice Big Ten record for Michigan State by the end of the season. But of course, we will see what they actually do between now and between now and early March. Slip up. It was it was an interesting night in the AAC period. Sure was. Uh, Florida Atlantic uh trying their darndest to lose to a Wichita State team that got smoked by Memphis in their own building. Uh managed to come away with a victory. But that team I just mentioned, the Memphis Tigers, for the first time since December 2nd, leaving the floor with a loss, and it's not a pretty one. It's at home to South Florida, a sub-130 Kimpom team. The Tigers were cruising, and they did something that it feels like Memphis does every year, and that is slip up in AAC play in a pretty real way. This time it's against South Florida. 74 to 73. There's a difference between losing a game you shouldn't at home and blowing a 20 point lead where ESPN gives you a 99.1% chance to win the game. That's when correct. You're up 52 32. 42 26 was the, was the second half score in favor yeah. of South Florida. There were multiple, I believe, multiple 20 point leads here. I think the other one was a 98.6% chance to win or something like that. And so you've got that part of it that you should have put Mm -hmm. this game away. Then you've got the second part of it, which is the final couple possessions where, okay, South Florida's made this incredible run to get back in the game, tie things up. And Javon Quinterly just throws the ball away on one possession, and then on the other end of the floor, I think Kaysen Pryor is six foot 11. Hmm. He's got big curly hair, wearing a headband. He's hard to miss. And Memphis completely disregarded him on the inbound. He just walked to the basket, and then Naquan Tallon almost committed a flagrant foul, stopping him. Because mm-hmm. he had to whack him from behind, and I, uh, I thought it could have been a flagrant. Memphis got lucky that it wasn't, and Pryor only hit one of his two free throws. But that was ultimately enough. Early shot at the buzzer doesn't go. Pryor was really, really good. Got to give him credit. And South Florida just, in the second half at least, just played harder. It was you know fifty-fifty balls, effort plays. Pryor getting to to offensive rebounds because nobody would box him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Memphis does this thing sometime. Clearly, they're very talented. And we're getting to the same point with FAU where, yes, the AAC is maybe a little bit better than we thought, 
but it's not like we've got a bunch of great teams here. Yeah. And, and part of this for Memphis is Memphis has not been beating anybody by large margins. That's why the net doesn't like them. You can't just keep putting yourself in position to play close games because ultimately you're going to lose some of them because you're going to have a night where everything kind of goes wrong. And that's what happened here. Memphis hadn't lost since December 2nd. Like I said, here's the teams that they almost lost to. Right. VCU in overtime. They needed overtime to beat VCU. VCU right this second, 100th at Kempom. Um, they beat Clemson 79-77. That's a good one. Uh, and Texas A&M 81-75. Those two wins. Tip the cap. Uh, December 23rd, they tried their darndest to lose to Vanderbilt at home. Vanderbilt 191 at Kempom. Uh, on the road, January 4th, they beat Tulsa by three. Tulsa 168th at Kempom. Uh, needed overtime at home to beat UTSA. UTSA 282nd at Kempom. And they beat the, the snot out of Wichita State on the road in their last game. But at some point, they were going to cough up. And, and some of these games were just close throughout. This was a just a, a cough up of epic proportions to, to let this slip away the way that they did. And, you know, closing in a way that, you know, communicated some you know some the sky is falling after giving up a lead as big as they did to south florida you know fouls missed free throws not capitalizing on offensive rebounds all of these things and at some point it was probably going to come back to bite them and tonight it did yeah it doesn't change the ceiling no. it probably is difficult if you're memphis and you're fau to get up for all of these games when you know you can play with anybody in the country at the same time, this is your opportunity to prove that by wiping the floor with everybody in the AAC. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that's more for FAU than Memphis. Right. FAU hasn't even played in this conference before. Mm-hmm. Let's not take it for granted before you've even stepped foot in it when yeah. you know everybody's coming for you, which we don't need to talk about that. They got their win today. Wasn't pretty, but they got the job done. Yeah. It- I think the question for Memphis is always just how high is the ceiling? Cause you know, the floor is pretty low and they're going to have these games, mm-hmm. but if you're going to put together a, you know, two, three loss AAC campaign, they have got to be better in the first 30, 35 minutes of games to not have these one, two possession games that ultimately sometimes are going to go in your favor and sometimes aren't. And yeah, this wasn't maybe the best example because it was a, catastrophic collapse but they were they were asking for this by not being dominant the way that they could be final thing let's give amir abdul rahim some credit here for what he's doing he was did a great job at kennesaw state which is why he's now got the south florida job and of course they haven't been world beaters this year but if, if i've got the stat from the broadcast right i think they said they were South Florida was one in 26 on the road against top 10 teams in program history. Mm, sure. There are some good things going on in this program. Amir Abdurrahim can really coach. Just wanted to give him a shout out to uh, the last five seasons, four seasons before this one under Brian Gregory for South Florida, 14 and 18, eight and 23, nine and 23, excuse me, nine and 13, 14 and 17. You got one nice season in 2019 where they were 24 and 14 and you have to go all the way back to 2012 before you get a winning season before that. So 
10 and five, of course, who knows what's going to happen the rest of the way. Maybe they end up under 500. Maybe they don't, but uh, I would have to, I would have to agree with you there. Last but not least on the women's side, number four, NC state walking into Miami, walking out with a loss 73 59 Miami uh, broadside of the barn. Not big enough for NC state on this particular night. Uh, 18 of 64 from the field, six of 23 from deep. Sny Rivers, Madison James, Isaiah James, sorry, no, sorry, Madison Hayes, Isaiah James, combined 9 of 39 from the field. That's probably not going to get it done on the road against an ACC opponent. Yeah. Leading score, River Baldwin, still not there. That is part of the story here. Both of these losses she did not play in. So there is that part of it. This team is not at full strength. Also, yeah, you'd like to shoot the also broadside of the bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that's part of this too. So you know, can you make too many long term implications? Probably not. The thing that is intriguing to me about this is just how wide open the ACC is at this point. When it looked for a while like this NC State, and it might still be the case when they are at full strength with River Baldwin in there that. This is clearly the, the class of the conference, you know, but Virginia Tech's been up and down, have not looked quite as dominant. You have some other teams that have gone off to good conference starts, but haven't had the kind of non-conference campaign that NC State did. But just practically speaking, you've now lost two here in short order. You've got work to do to make sure you win this conference because there are a bunch of teams ahead of you in the standings right now. Of course, some of that's going to take care of itself as teams continue to play each other. You're going to get an opportunity to make some of those games up head-to-head, but this is not a game you're, that you're looking at as a potential loss if you're NC State, and now they got to find a way to make it up somewhere. Yeah, it doesn't matter how good you are if you dig yourself too deep of a hole. And not that three and two in conference when Louisville is five and zero and Syracuse is five and one and North Carolina is five and one like that's not an an insurmountable deficit certainly not with you know only through five games of conference play but at some point right it's the same thing with Purdue in the Big Ten like at some point whether you're the best team in the conference or not whether anybody's arguing that at some points you got to make sure that that you're keeping up with with the teams that are off to really good starts. Yeah, see UConn on the men's side last year. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, national champion, you know, at times looked like they were the best team in the country, at times really didn't look like it. And by the end of the year, we gotten all the way back to, yeah, that team was probably the best team in the country, did not sniff the Big East. Right, didn't exactly. There you go. You got anything else, Josh? The other thing I want to mention, kind of building off of that, so Florida State, we talked about, had a, a really good week to get up to 15th in the poll. Lost to the aforementioned Syracuse, who's off to a really good start in ACC play. Virginia Tech just got smoked by Duke. This, I mean, this is just a wide-open conference right now on the women's side. And then also, LSU is trailing Alabama at halftime. So we're going to have to see how that one plays out. But some very, very interesting results, specifically in the ACC on the women's side. Not just that NC State game, but obviously when the number four team in the country loses – that's a pretty big deal. So that's the one we went with. There you go. There you go. That's going to do it for this edition of the under eight podcast. It is Thursday, January 18th, almost 10 PM last show of the week. We'll be back on Sunday afternoon, evening, 
some time in there to talk about what happened over the weekend. Not the biggest of headlines in college hoops this weekend. Some good conference games, but no, uh, nothing that jumps off the page specifically as a part as a po- apartment viewing, appointment viewing. So uh, whatever comes of this weekend, I'm sure there will be upsets. I'm sure there will be interesting results. We'll talk about them on Sunday. Until then, please be safe. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your shows. Follow the Under 8 Pod on Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube. Thank you so much for being here, and we will see you on Sunday. 